Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a bonus episode. Sounds good when I put it like that, doesn't it? Bonus. Um, but this episode is going to be a little bit different to, to the normal episodes that I put out. So it's not, I haven't got a guest or anybody. Well, I have actually. I've got a plastic ball who I've named Wilson. Um, but I haven't got a guest or anybody with me. It's not a Q&A client. Although, again, it sort of is a Q&A episode because I've had a lot of questions about this sort of stuff. But it's not one of my client Q&A episodes where they've asked me to discuss certain topics in a bit more detail. It's a bonus episode, like I said. If you don't already, I've not even welcomed you to the podcast. Welcome to the Start Simple Podcast. Sorry about that. It's a bonus episode, doing it all differently. But this episode is about my sort of last month, five weeks, and not just about mine because, you know, that's probably not of much use to you, but about some of the things that I've experienced, I'm sure, at some stage or another over the next, well, however long this all goes on for, everyone's going to get pinged and have to do some level of self-isolation. And then equally, it's not necessarily just about the self-isolation, but some of the things that I might say that sometimes I find people worry about or people find difficult, how I've sort of managed them with my hands tied behind my back a little bit. So if you don't already know, I am recording this from a quarantine hotel at Heathrow Airport. So I've come home from Bali, although I should probably just start at the beginning because the whole month before getting here is a story to tell as well. So obviously I was living in Bali, which is a fantastic place and I will 100% be going back to Bali but I was living in Bali and Bali um, you may have seen Indonesia's cases of Covid and stuff like that got very high very fast and they don't mess about over there to be honest with you so quite intense lockdowns came in place they were very on it in terms of uh, restricting travel around having vaccinations and to be honest with you I didn't really want to get a vaccination in Indonesia I'd rather just come home and get it here so at the sort of end of June, July, Bali's cases and Indonesia's cases started to really spike. So decided that I was going to come home, get jabbed up, see how things play. So far, so good. Fairly straightforward plan, isn't it? Until just as I sort of made the decision, because to be honest with you, I didn't really want to leave Bali. Like, I love Bali and I will definitely be back, like I say. But I also needed to be a bit of an adult about it and realise that I need to just be at home, get vaccinated because I think that's going to be a big part of travel and stuff like that and um, so decided right cool I'm going to leave Bali and then I got coronavirus so so yeah at the end of June start of July I can't remember maybe it was the first of July started feeling ill and a few days later tested positive for Covid now to be honest with you with Covid I got proper lucky like I had a pretty rough couple of days where I had a flu and sweat but I know people I know friends similar like PTs and quote unquote healthy people and you know who've hit been hit really bad by it so in terms of my actual covid symptoms I was quite lucky I had two days that were pretty rough and then it was just real tiredness and proper proper fatigue I think it took about six or seven days and I started to feel good again like I said the only thing then was tiredness but in that week where I had covid so obviously my my options were massively massively limited in that week because well I was in bed and isolating with covid was the week where everything in Indonesia and Bali started to change and they started putting in lockdowns and military roadblocks and big vaccination pushes and you weren't allowed to go certain places without vaccinations and people were stopping and asking you for paperwork and all this sort of shit. Equally, at the same time, slowly countries were closing Indonesia off, so options to fly home were beginning to limit and limit and limit and I was just like watching everything happen thinking, fucking hell, I can't do anything here. And then basically, over the four weeks that I was still in Bali, I was continuing to test positive for COVID despite not actually feeling any sort of symptoms, but that's quite a common thing that it can stay in your system. So 
slowly as everyone was closing Indonesia off. I was in Bali and I couldn't get home. Bali then got red zoned. I got a negative COVID test and was allowed to fly home. But obviously there's a red zone, so it's meant that I've had to come to a quarantine hotel. Got to the quarantine hotel, did my day two test, and I was positive for COVID again. I was like, fucking hell. I don't actually think I've got COVID again. I spoke to the NHS and they said that the chances of me being infected twice in a month is very, very slim. They think that it just didn't show up on my test to return home. So after the month in Bali, sort of isolating on my own, I've come back and now I'm isolating in a hotel room. And I think I had like two days in that month in Bali where I was free, but obviously there was a lockdown in place, so I didn't do anything. So yeah, basically for the last month, I've been in some level of isolation or some level of quarantine. And that's what I want to actually talk about is not necessarily what's happened, but I want to talk about sort of how I've managed one, my physical health and my, my mental health a little bit. But disclaimer, if I'm talking to you about nutrition, about exercise, anything I give, I am very, very confident in the advice that I will give out. If I get asked a question I don't know the answer, I'm very confident that A, I could either find the answer or B, I could put you in touch with somebody who does know the answer. I have no worries giving out, as you could probably tell by my Instagram and podcast, I have no worries giving out quite broad advice on podcasts or whatever around nutrition and exercise because it's my job. But when I talk about sort of the mental health stuff and sort of like my own mental health and stuff on this podcast, it's not advice as to this is what you should do. It's just the stuff that's helped me. It's also my situation is very, very specific and also just really fucking unlucky because it's very unlikely anyone listening to this podcast is going to have that exact series of events just continuously play out. But I think it will still hold relevance because, like I say, people are going to have to isolate. You may worry about certain aspects of training or nutrition. Hopefully, me talking about it from what's been quite a restricted situation for me will make you realise that it's all right. So yeah, there's, there's, there's lessons to be learned that maybe won't apply to you in terms of being in hotel quarantine because I do not recommend that. But stuff that you can probably apply to everyday life and maybe your, your mindset around certain things. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the word optimal. And I mentioned this on Instagram this week. Understand what optimal actually is because when people say the word optimal, we think, oh my God, it's got to be the absolute best. It's got to be X, Y, Z. I've got to do these sort of things. I've got to be optimal. But if you think about it, that's not actually what it means. Optimal is relative to your own situation at that time. So for me, for instance, at this current moment in time, my optimal is not going to the gym because I physically can't control that. My optimal is staying active in a small hotel room. Again, I'm not even allowed out of the room now. I was allowed to walk around in a car park initially, but since testing positive again, I've now got to stay in my room. Optimal isn't being perfect in every way, shape or form, but optimal is being understanding of what's relevant to your current situation, what you can control in your current situation and what you don't have control of in your current situation. And then applying that and the best available options there to your best situation. That's what optimal is. Optimal is relevant to where you're currently at. If you're just starting out at the gym, optimal for you isn't going to be some five day bodybuilder split. If you're just starting to learn around nutrition, optimal for you isn't going to be tracking protein, carbohydrates and fats. You'd probably be all right just recognising your protein servings for a little bit. If you are working 12-hour shifts and then having to parent two children, optimal for you probably isn't that 10,000 steps a day, but looking at your just general activity across the course of the week and getting the wins in where you can. So you've got to understand what optimal is for you because, again, this was for me, if I was starting to think, oh my God, I can't go to the gym, I can't do this in my diet, I can't go for my walks every single day. 
and then started to beat myself up about a situation that I physically can't control, then I'm just talking about things that I literally can't impact at all. Whereas if I look at, all right, cool, can't do that much, but I can make sure I eat protein with most meals, which I have done. I can train with body weight. I've got some resistance bands in the hotel. You might have seen a video on Instagram at one point I was training with a big water ball, which was actually really heavy. But understand what optimal is to where you're currently at and not optimal to a standard that you hold yourself at when you have no stresses, when you have no worries and when you have no distractions or optimal by someone else's standard. You see somebody else in the gym doing something. You see a friend who's able to do X, Y, Z, but your friend doesn't have to manage the same situations as you do. So yeah, first bit of advice, being aware of what optimal actually is. And then the other thing and a big question almost that I have sort of kept in my mind a lot of the time, because trust me, there's been days where I've been pissed off and days where I've not wanted to do anything and days where it's very easy to get lost in Netflix, which if you've watched, if you've not seen the US office, I highly recommend because that has got me through the last five weeks. But a question that I think helped me and will help you is who's benefiting from what you're currently doing? Who's benefiting from this? Who's benefiting from this action? Because on those days where maybe it is harder or where you can't be asked or where the takeaway menu is too easy or it's easier to jump on Deliveroo, ask yourself, is somebody genuinely benefiting from that decision? Like for me at the moment, it'd be very easy to just sit on sit in the bed all day. It'd be very easy to not move that much. But do I actually benefit from that? Does anybody actually benefit from that? Or could I get up, put some good music on, get the resistance bands out and do some level of exercise for an hour? Do I benefit from that? Of course I benefit from that. There's a result from that for me. And just checking in with yourself and asking yourself that question when you are in one of those moods, in a funk or whatever, am I actually benefiting from the decision I'm making at the minute? And 99% of the time, the answer to that question is no. So if you're not benefiting from a situation and you're not benefiting from an action, why are you doing it? And again, doesn't have to be relevant to staying in a hotel room, but it's when you get in from work and you just can't be arsed and you sit on the sofa, do you actually get a benefit out of that? Or would you get more of a benefit physically and mentally from getting up and going for a walk? When you order, and I'm not talking about either Saturday night family takeaway, because that's a bit different, but when you order a shit takeaway because you just can't be asked cooking, and then after you've eaten it, you have that feeling of lull and feeling like crap, do you actually benefit from that? Probably not. Would you benefit if you just took 10, 15 minutes to prep a pretty healthy meal? Yeah. So why do you make the other decision? And just asking yourself and checking in, who's benefiting from this can be a massive help. And it has, it's helped me. Now, the other thing that I think lots of people worry about, and I would like to think that I am now an example of this, is long periods of time away from training and away from exercise. And the reality is, like, I won't have trained properly for five weeks by the time I get into the gym. Nothing bad's going to happen. I'm not going to lose all of my muscle mass. I'm not going to go into the gym and be a complete novice. Yes, it's a little bit annoying. Yes, I've had to do some training sessions with body weight and bands that don't particularly motivate me. But just because I've been away from the gym for five weeks, and I've had this with quite a few clients over the last couple of months who've had to isolate, where they've had to have 10 days off the gym and they're worried that they're going to lose muscle mass, they're going to lose strength or whatever. In that short space of time, you're not going to. Even like I say, a month, nothing bad's going to happen. Like I said before, I've took the steps that I can and I would suggest for you if you do have to have periods away from the gym to take the steps that you can. Kept protein as high as possible, like I said, done body weight, resistance band sessions. And that's, again, back to that optimal thing. That's me optimal in my current situation. Consuming enough protein and getting a level of training in. But don't fret if you have to spend periods of time away from the gym because, again, 
it's not going to massively impact. The, at most, your fitness levels and your strength levels will drop for a week or two when you get back into the gym, but it'll very, very quickly recover. Now, one of the other things that's happened is that I've gained body fat. And it, it is body fat. It's not water weight. It's not the scales fluctuating. I haven't actually weighed myself because obviously I've not got scales, but I can physically see it. And I think hopefully you can hear in my voice now how passive I am in saying that. Like nothing actually bad is happening off the back of me gaining some body fat. What's happened is my activity levels have massively reduced. If I look to before this sort of kicked off at like June time, I was doing free weight sessions a week, jujitsu four or five times a week, Muay Thai once a week. I've gone from doing that as well as steps every morning, five or 6,000 steps. I've gone from all that activity to not much activity at all. I've gone from being able to control a lot more of my meals to not having much control in any of my meals. And we are back. You won't have known this, but I've just had to pause the podcast because somebody was like shouting in the corridor. That's the other thing. Working in a hotel room is a little bit annoying, but optimal, isn't it? But yeah, as I was saying, I've gained body fat and that's naturally going to happen when your activity levels reduce as much as mine did and the changes to your diet happen as much as I did. Now, those two things happening is the exact equation for fat gain. It's not that my carbohydrates were higher. It's not that something terrible happened or COVID made me cause weight gain. The energy balance equation that affects fat loss went in the other direction for me where my calorie intake was more than my calorie expenditure. Now, the thing is about this, and as I say, I'm very passive in how I word this and how I say this, is because weight gain or weight loss, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just a change to your body composition. When you hear phrases like people saying, I have fat, I am fat. No, you've got body fat, body fat that can come, body fat that can go. It's not you. It's not a definition of you. It's just the current composition of your body. And it's down to choices. It's down to actions. It's down to habits that currently reflect your life but it's not you is it you're not physically body fat the rock i say this all the time the rock doesn't walk around calling himself i am muscle he walks around calling himself the rock because that's who he is pretty impressed that i've just managed to talk about the rock in a podcast and if you are listening Dwayne, and you want to come on for a guest episode just give us a shout but again weight gain it's nothing bad is happening i know that once i get out of here once i'm back in the gym once i join a jiu-jitsu gym and i'm back with my dog i know my activity level is going to come up I know that when I am at home, I'm going to be able to cook for myself and control my diet a lot more. So I'm not worried about it, but I do recognize it because again, when you, if you can sort of catch these things and you can recognize them early, then you can address them and do something about them. Now, outside of like the, the physical stuff and the, the home workouts and the diet having to be adapted. So basically in the hotel, I basically just get bought three meals a day now. To be honest with you, I thought it was going to be terrible, the food choices that I got given. So on the first day, they gave me a menu to just tick what I'd want, and I paid no attention to it. But it's turned out the meals are actually really nice. Now, they are levered in stuff like butter and oil. I can taste it. But at least the food is nice. But again, outside of the, the food choices or the exercise stuff that I've just sort of had to make do with, by far, and the most obvious thing that's been difficult to manage is like mental health, being on, on my own for a, a month, five weeks. I've seen a few people in Bali in that time, but, but effectively, basically five weeks on my own where everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong at some stage and to be honest with you it's been the most expensive journey home of my life and as much as like I'll come on Instagram and show you when I'm ballooning about and have a bloody plastic ball called Wilson who is a legend um I don't I don't people I've seen lots of people online or come on and like torture you and show themselves upset or in a bad mood or whatever 
one, I don't really want to talk to my phone when I'm not in a good mood. And two, there's plenty of people who do that. It's just not for me to, to talk through that sort of stuff on Instagram. And to be honest, for me, it was the first week when I had COVID, that was the hardest week because I wasn't sleeping. It was a foreign country. Everything was in lockdown. It was shit, to be honest with you. Like, it's a proper shit week. But then since that weekend, to be honest with you, since I shifted COVID, since I felt better in myself, I recognised it. I started to be quite proactive. And again, this is something that I think people, we recognise that we need to be proactive with your physical health. We need to be proactive in eating healthier. Everyone knows if the diet hasn't been great for a few days. Everyone knows if they've not been to the gym for a while. And you're quite proactive about going around changing that. But I don't think people are quite as proactive with stuff like with your mental health. It's very easy to sort of forget being proactive and trying to do certain things with that. So like I'll plan my days out at the minute in advance because it means that I can fill my day up and I can keep busy. I'll make sure I read and trust me, I've read so many books the last few weeks. Again, I've literally drawn a face on a ball, called it Wilson and have spoken to it for a few days, taking the piss on Instagram. I don't actually think he speaks back. I promise I've not gone completely mental. But I've been quite proactive in trying to keep busy and in trying to do things in regards to like my mental health and my headspace because the alternative to that is literally sitting in a bed for 10 days watching Netflix. It's actually going to be 14 days in total by the time that I leave here. But again, going back to that first question, who benefits from the alternative? Who benefits from me doing nothing? Definitely isn't going to be me. So another thing is like being proactive in that area, being proactive, not just for your physical health, but also your mental health. And then the most important thing in all this, in whether it's isolation, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, or just any sort of situation. I know this massively oversimplifies it, but it's going to be all right in it. I've said it already, but like if you strip it back, one, I didn't suffer from COVID badly. Like I'm not ill, which is massive. But two, it's all right in it. Like the situation's not bad. Yes, it's dragging on a little bit. Yes, it's a little bit boring. But I think perspective can help so much. Like you might have seen a post on my Instagram this week about a friend. And I mean, I'm not going to talk about that on this podcast. And yes, my situation is a bit annoying. Yes, things can be a little bit harder sometimes, but not just me, but for everybody, like you can have periods where, like I say, things aren't optimal, where things can, where you don't have complete control and where things feel a bit harder. But it is going to be all right. You just have to work through those situations on a day by day basis. And then finally, like the one thing that I want to use and what I've tried to show on Instagram this last couple of weeks and what I'll consider, I mean, I try and show it all the time, but hopefully being in a hotel room, not being allowed out of it will show you that you will always, always, always find millions of reasons why you can't do something like I hear it all the time. Honestly, I hear it so often. I can't start this. I've got this this weekend. I can't do this. I've got X, Y, Z. I can't get into the gym. I can't get up early. I can't do things after work. I can't do things on my lunch break. Can't, can't, can't. And finding so many reasons, and it is ultimately excuses why you can't do things, when the reality is you just need a handful of reasons why you can do something. And like, trust me, if anybody could have given a very good list of reasons why you can't do something at the moment, I reckon my current situation is high up on that list. But again, keep saying it in this podcast, but who benefits from those things? Nobody's benefiting from you telling yourself you can't do things. You only need to find a handful of reasons why you can do things and why you can start to be proactive and what you can do to help with your health and what you can do to help with your training or you can do to improve your diet. I'm not asking you to do five gym sessions a week. I'm not asking you to make every single meal organically. I'm not asking you to do 100,000 steps a day. That would be very excessive steps a day. But ask yourself the little wins that you can get in the day. Can you just start making sure you drink more water? Can you put a fruit bowl on your desk at work to make sure you eat a bit more fruit? 
can you get up half an hour earlier and take the dog out for a walk? Like, just think of the things that you can do, not the things you can't, not the reasons you can't do something, but think of the things that you can actively do every day for your health. I think that is that. It's my opinion anyway, my thoughts. And a little bit of an insight into isolation. Do you know what? As I said, it isn't that bad. The room's small. It's a bit annoying that I can't go outdoors. But a week from now, or at least a week from when I'm recording this podcast, depends when you listen to it, I'm going to be at home and I'm going to be with my dog and I can't wait. I'm my family who listens to this too, but I'm really excited about seeing my dog. So yeah, hope you found that interesting. As always, it helps if you've listened, if you tag us on Instagram, share it to your stories, leave reviews, all of that business. But I will be back towards the end of this week with an episode a little bit more focused on exercise, on diet, on training, which will be a Q&A episode for my clients. So yeah, see you in a bit.